Today's podcast is brought to you by National Carriers. National Carriers is looking for company and lease drivers, students, and over-the-road drivers, both plus regional. National Carriers now has a new home time policy of Flex Home Time. Give dispatch seven to nine days and they'll get you home. Call National Carriers at 888-311-7076. That's 888-311-7076. Also, we are being brought to you by Cocoon MDR. It's an app uh, that is currently working with Android phones, and I believe, Ruthann, they are going to have the iPhone shortly for the Cocoon MDR app. Yeah, he just emailed us last week saying that they're still in the works and that they'll let us know ASAP as soon as it comes out. If, if you drivers have already downloaded, it's a free download, download Cocoon app, and it just tracks you, and it gives you money into your account as you're going along you give them actually, your actually I'm excited for it I can't wait for it to come out in yeah, the US so absolutely it's it's awesome it just deposits money in you it's basically like Google it's one of the only apps that doesn't just give you a free email address like Google and everybody else it actually pays you for your miles so check out cocoon mdr we are also being brought to you by JJ Keller Ruthann tell them about JJ Keller it is a truck driver's secretary I don't know how much more we can stress that part they, of it. They are the trucker's best friend. And you, what I like about them is any paperwork you need filed, they'll keep track of it. They'll keep you filed. They'll keep you up to date. They'll help you file. If you're a new company, they'll help you become a new company. They'll help you with everything. And I mean paperwork that most companies don't want to do. And if you're unorganized, like I am. Like he is really it unorganized. It would, would be a great a great uh company to do business with and they're not expensive to use it takes the stress out of everything that you have to do as an owner operator except for earning the money yeah drivers i've talked to a lot of drivers that are concerned about their taxes about this and about that i'm telling you guys call jj keller and let these people manage you it's like having their job yeah let them do let them do the paperwork and keep you in line and you just go out there and make money call them at 888-601- 2017. That's 888-601-2017. Ruthann, today on the podcast, we've got how many accidents will you be in a lifetime? Oh, boy. I'm serious. I've got the stats. And uh, we also have a few other blah, blah, blahs here. (laughs) 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 My computer went wacky. Uh, We have a... um, We like to tease him, though, because he does go blah, 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 and, you know... Well, I'll tell you what, uh, another another big blow to truck parking in cities, we're going to talk about that today, yep. and then we also have a trucking company that might have illegally dumped milk down the drain, so we'll be talking about that. So, spoiled milk? Spoiled milk? It's spilt milk. <laughs> it's spilt milk, yeah. So, anyways, let's get right to it. Ruthann, how many accidents have you been in? Well. Think about that. Now, now I know you didn't know what we were going to be talking about today, so just kind of recall. Okay, I can I can tell you I was I've been in three. No, wait, whether it was your fault or not. Oh, they were my fault. They were your. F- I I have no problem admitting. Well, the first one I was driving and it was around a turn there on sixty one and in, it was a blind turn. In what state? In Pennsylvania, and um, this is before they had the the highway divided to where you couldn't make a left hand turn and it was just not raining hard. It wasn't like drizzling, but it was. That in between where you needed your wipers. Was it below Pottsville? Yeah, the okay. one part below Pottsville above Cresona. And as I was coming around the turn, there was someone stopped on the turn, making a left-hand turn into a, um, a veterinary 
that was right there. And I smashed right into the back of them. So you rear-ended them. Oh, yeah. I just, they're stopped on the turn. I mean, literally, you're coming around the turn, and even if it was only 50, 55 going up the highway, because you're going back 32 years ago. So were you hurt? Was anybody hurt? Luckily, no. No one was hurt. Um, my nephews I had in the car with me, they had um, some bruises on, like, where the seatbelt was on their hips. Uh, I was five months pregnant with our Sabrina, and... So the person that I hit claimed injuries. So. so you had you had nephews and nieces with you. I had my our two nephews, Kyle and and, and Dustin. Dustin. Mm-hmm. Wow. So did Uncle Keith allow you to drive the kids ever again? Oh my gosh. Because he's paranoid to begin with. <laughs> oh, it was uh, well between him and Joan. I mean, it was it was really bad because I don't know. I probably have taken them here and there like little bit, like maybe a mile or two. This is the first quote big trip that we ever were going a couple miles away from their house up. I mean, I was 19. Wow. So the, the people you hit, they claimed injury and the rest is history. Uh, you got two more to tell us about the other one. Um, literally (laughs) you're laughing at the accident because Mm. every accident I was on it in, I was pregnant and these two happened to be like really close together. And as I was driving, through Schuylkill Haven, I literally wasn't paying attention, and the person in front of me just kind of stopped. And you rear-ended them again? And I just ran right in the back of them. No, they they w- had, they had, in my car, I had a little Chevette, so, or Chevelle, or whatever it was. A little no, it wasn't tiny. a Chevelle. It was, it was a Chevette. If, if it was a little, little Chevette. Was, yeah, yeah, it was a little was Chevette. Chevette. And the guy in front of me was in, like, an old, totally strong, like, big, gosh, what was he a in? A big car? I, yeah, well, it, was, it wasn't like super big, like Cadillac big, but it was like a nice, heavy, like Mercury something, you know, like it was a really strong car as far as like when I hit him, my whole headlights and stuff just went, shoop, that is like caved in where his bumper like might have had a, like a little scratch. <laughs> so, and we should probably tell everybody that this was pre um, cell phone. So there was no texting and driving involved because no, there was, was, there was no cell phones. No, I, cl- I claim pregnancy brain, <laughs> pregnancy brain. I just, there okay. it went. <laughs> so let me guess the third accident. You rear-ended somebody. No third accident. I am. Um, Sabrina was in the backseat. I was pregnant with Tyler and I was coming from on 443 going from the intersection of 183 and 443 into Schuylkill Haven. Right. And as you're coming around the one area where there's a little bit of a turn, there's like a photographer or whatever right there. And he had this huge tree like on the corner of his property. And now this, the state police did say this probably was not my fault at all because I wasn't speeding or anything, but it was right after a rain and it was one of the first rains so that they, they figured what happened was, is I hit this little, there's like a little bump in the area of the road, like down a little bit. And I must've hit that and just hydroplane cause I lost complete control, spun around and smashed into the tree and told up my car. Anybody hurt? No, thank the Lord. I know not one person was ever really hurt in my, and you know, all three of them, I had no vehicle afterwards. So, well, and you know, what's really cool. The first thing you said was it was all my fault. I don't have a problem admitting it. Well, let me just say this. We're going to be reading uh, viewer comments today. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I told you to go ahead and start scanning them. So you already know, um, that we have a um, a post that we did on Facebook. We yeah, asked, but I didn't read any of well, them yet. Well, I understand. We're not going to do it yet. But okay. what, I, what I'm getting at, though, is 99% of them were all going, yep, I was in 10 accidents, not one was my fault. Yep, I was in eight accidents, not one was my fault. Everybody's like 
going, it's not my fault. Well, there's a couple of guys that admitted it was their fault. And then one guy wrote, oh, here comes the lies. <laughs> <laughs> but it was kind of funny how everybody's in all these accidents. And you know what? Maybe none of them were their fault. I mean, that's amazing if that many truck drivers, you know, are all in the same post and everyone's saying they were in all kind of accidents, but never their fault. Some of them did say it was their fault. So we're going to have some viewer comments on here. Also, and that's great if you are a driver that's, you know, we've, I've met drivers that are million milers, you know, that have never had an accident. That's a great thing. Um, but I've got an article here that talks about. Now, every one of those accidents, though, I was not charged with those accidents. Right. But when you rear-ended somebody, you admitted it was your fault. You, I, you got lucky. I mean, you're pregnant. I got lucky, yeah. Let's be honest. You rear-ended somebody twice and you didn't get a, a following too close Mm-mm. or a, a careless driving or anything like that. No, actually, I think the second one, I don't even know if a police officer even came to it. The guy that hit, that I hit, it was some older guy, probably like in his 70s or something like that, kind of laughed at me, you mm-hmm. know, like, you know, and the other one um, that had the police there and he even told the lady, I don't know why you're on the turn trying to turn into somewhere in the rain with your kids in the backseat because she had kids in her backseat. Yeah, but if she's legally making a turn, I don't know why anybody would say, I don't know why you're doing this. Duh. If, well, if it's legal, it was, why not? Well, it, I guess you could say it was legal, yes, but it was one of those, It's just because it's legal doesn't mean it made it smart. Okay, so let's get to this article, if you don't mind. I want to kind of read over it a little bit. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so here's what it says. It says, let me adjust my mic here a little bit. <clears throat> so the article starts off this way. It says, if you haven't been in a car accident, consider yourself lucky or overdue. It says, uh, by car insurance industry estimates, you will file a claim for a collision about once every 17.9 years. So this is a a study that these, these, uh, obviously, they're the ones paying out and making billions of dollars somehow. It's almost like Vegas odds. They know the odds. They know what the average person is going to do in a lifetime. They got, you know... I don't know how long insurance has been around, but they've got a lifetime of studying people. So 17.9 years, most people have at least one accident every 17.9 years. It says you'll have one every 17.9 years. That is, that's if you are an average driver, which whether you are willing to admit it or not, you likely are. And that's what, exactly what this is saying because averages are averages. Mm-hmm. So it says, so if you got your license at the age of 16, the odds are quite good that you will experience some kind of a crash by the time you are 34. At the latest, it says over the course of a typical long driving lifetime, it says you should have a total of three to four accidents. Okay, so I had all three of my accidents before I was 21. Yeah. So I'm good. Have you, you shouldn't say that. I'm good Praise for a God. while at least. <laughs> Praise God. You shouldn't say, okay, listen. So it says, chances are these crashes won't be deadly. It says there are about 10 million accidents of all kinds each year from parking lot scrapes to multi-car pileups, according to the National Safety Council. Just three of every 1,000 of those accidents involves a fatality. That's an average, okay? You, you know... In 10 million, think about this. I think the, the national stats are 38,000. 38,000 people a year die in car accidents. 
whether at fault or not. Mm-hmm. He just, or this article just said, there's an average of 10 million minor to major accidents. Out of 10 million, 30, people are probably thinking 38,000 is a lot. It's not. It's not a lot at all. I mean, one death is too many to me, but 38,000 out of 10 million is a very small number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you look at the whole picture, not just the, the, the factor there. It says, but these crashes most likely will be costly. More than 2 million people are injured in crashes every year. It says the average claim for injuries to cover both the insured driver and other uh, others involved in a crash had risen to, this was like a few years ago, this article, it said $23,000 was the average, that's the average cost, what people, you know, need to, you know, maybe they got a broken finger or a deductible, blah, 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 whatever. It says, which brings us to why this little known number is so critical. It says, um, let's see, we've got the accident. I say we got the accident every 18-year statistics. It's kind of weird the way they word it. From the Property Casualty Insurers Association of America, a trade association that analyzes insurance data. Insurance companies may sell protection. Now, this is what they're trying to show you. What you know, even though it sounds like they pay out a lot of money, they obviously take in more money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is how they get rich. It says insurance companies may sell a lot of protection. It says, and one night of TV advertisements suggest that they're doing a pretty good job on this front. But it says they are in the game to make a profit, and they don't make a profit by paying for your accidents. They do this by getting you to pay for your accidents. You hear what he just said? Mm-hmm. Insurance companies really have us paying for our future accidents. So this is why a lot of people have big rates, and they'll get to that in, in a second. They're saying bottom line is, um, in 17 years, like what 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 do we pay a month right now? What is it like? We have we have two cars. You have a uh, a Honda Passport, and I have a Honda Ridgeline. You have a uh, SUV, and I have a truck. What do we pay a month? It's like two fifty or something like that. You should know. It, it's changed because of the passport. She told me it's going to go down slightly. Okay, so what is the number roughly? Um, it's like one eighty-seven. One, I think it's one eighty-seven. Okay, which isn't bad, but if you consider, if you just round that up to two hundred, yeah, it's somewhere. In that's there. that's twenty-four hundred bucks. Just figure maybe with with the bit being one eighty-seven. Just say tw- twenty-two, twenty-three hundred dollars a year. Are you hearing me? I'm hearing you. Now, multiply that by seventeen years. Okay, what is that? To say two thousand by times seventeen, that's thirty-four. Let's just figure thirty-six, thirty-seven thousand um, dollars that we pay over so many years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think about that for a second, um, the average—if the average person pays out or takes in 23,000, right? And mm-hmm. you don't have a major accident in those um, 17 years. I'm just, that's just 17 years I'm doing. Right. If you don't have the accident in 17 years, if you go 34 years without having one, now just imagine what they've take, collected off you is what I'm saying. A lot. And our rates have gone down. So when we were younger, they were higher. Mm-hmm. 
So obviously we've actually paid more at a younger age, like right. younger people do. And then with kids and um, like when Becca turns 16, uh, when she gets her license, our insurance will automatically go up whether or not she drives or not. Right. And believe it or not, insurance companies are insured also. So if you think about the, the amount they take in and the ones that don't have the accidents that often, they don't pay out a lot on those guys. So they're, they're taking a lot of those. You talk about millions and millions of people they're taking in. And if out of 10 million accidents, only 38 are fatalities, and then X amount are going to be totaled cars, blah, 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 they're making a lot of money because they're really not paying out what you think they are. Mm-mm. What's really cool is I like the way they worded it. They're actually, you're actually prepaying for your accident in 17 years from now. Mm-hmm. That's basically what they're doing for and you. And the funny thing is, is most people, they say you should change your, your carrier. So you're supposed to be changing what your insurance, you know, your insurance companies and, and so forth. So you're not even supposed to be with them for 17 years. So you're paying for it. But that might be why with us, I don't change because I've checked other insurance companies and I've probably, well, I've checked Geico, I've checked Progressive, and I checked with an agent that did multiple ones. And I even handed her my policy and said, this is my policy. What can you do for me? And she looked at it and she goes, Ruthann, you got the best policy and the best rate. She says, I can't even touch that. You know what I think, though, it, it comes down to? It's the guy's that are getting like big tickets and mm-hmm. had a million accidents that they have like huge payouts. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I was working at this car dealership when I was like 21 and this dude came in, he had so many DUIs and accidents that, and he wanted a, he wanted this pickup truck so bad. He got on the phone in the dealership begging insurance companies, his best rate. They literally quote, this was back in like the eighties. This guy got quoted like $10,000. For his insurance. This was like some kid. But he shouldn't even have a license with that much stuff going on. He should have been like suspended. Yeah. Well, even even Preston, when he lived out in Vegas, mm-hmm. he said it, how his insurance was like 600 a month. Yeah. It was it, really high. Our oldest son, he was, yeah. yeah, because he had accidents and tickets. And it's not only that, but as a younger boy and then the state that he lived in, it's higher. Yeah. So what I was getting at is. Those guys probably can shop around and go to the general or whoever else, you know, the, those cheap ones mm-hmm. and probably get better rates. But if you're, if you don't have accidents and mm-hmm. you don't have tickets and you don't have like a, you know, a charger in your right. driveway or a Camaro, no, I you, just got a passport. You probably won't get better rates if you already, you know, have a good insurance. Yeah. In fact, I think insurance companies got wise. They're now almost paying to keep their good drivers. Mm-hmm. Aboard because it keeps their you know their their premiums or their payouts. Yeah, down. they're giving you they're giving you like the oh gosh is it Allstate or one of them. If you don't have any accidents over like a three or so many year period, they literally wipe your deductible out. Where if you would normally have a five hundred dollar deductible, they'll wipe it out. Where you don't owe any deductible if you're in your first accident. It's like a, a accident forgiveness or something like that. When Hunter was in her accident. Because of, because uh, she was still on our policy at the time, she got accident forgiveness because of, of our policy being so good and, and not having any incidences on them. 
Okay, so listen to this article, the rest of it. It says, okay. it says, you are paying a smaller portion over a longer period of time, basically for your accident. It says, explains an insurance a, a, a agent expert. It's kind of a way to spread your risk. It says, how to price your insurance rates low enough to lure you from a competitor, but high enough to make a profit on your future accidents. Involves an elaborate risk assessments that constitute the secret sauce of the insurance business. Secret sauce. That's what it, Sorry. No, it's true. <laughs> now, listen to this. It says, computer data can now create thousands of driver profile combinations, but all can be boiled down to the need to determine two things. Two things. This is what it is right here. Number one, how many accidents will occur? Or, put it another way, how likely is each driver in each vehicle to have an accident? So that's the one thing that they, they they profile you over, and it says, and the other one is, how much will each accident cost? So, and you look at the risk factor, factors, like, for example, you're a middle-aged woman. Yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I felt weird saying that. But anyways, I felt weird hearing it. <laughs> okay, so, but the bottom line is, if you were to be in an accident, most likely your accident wouldn't be, like... You know, going into the oncoming lane and getting into a, a head-on collision because you're not going to drive that way or you're not going to go flying around a turn and roll your car over. But let's say you were a 19-year-old girl. Uh-oh, wait, you might rear-end people twice while you're pregnant. Oh, you did. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> so they're wondering how costly is an accident could happen. You could cause somebody to have whiplash. You could, you, you know, young people, let's be honest, young people, they think, okay, impulsively and they get into sometimes a pickle, you know, when it comes to bad accidents. Mm -hmm. Not that an older person is going to get into it, but usually a mature person is not going to get into a crazy, crazy accident. So that's why a lot of trucking companies, the ones that get better insurance rates, it, when they go to hire somebody, they want two years instead of like, you know, your big companies that take three months, six months, one year. They want guys and gals that have two years under their belt of safe driving before they take you on. Mm -hmm. So, and it's because you're now more mature. You know, you're more experienced. That's, that is, you know, when I was a young guy, I used to think, why the hell do people care about experience? What's it, what does it, what does it matter? I used to think that all the time when going for a job. When you get older, you realize why. Experience pays. Why? Because as you get older, you're not as aggressive. You're more of a liability than an asset. As a young person, you are. Mm -hmm. Sure, you really are. I mean, I can attest to that. Yeah. Okay. How many accidents were you in? You want to know how many accidents I was in? You want the truth? No, I don't, lie I, to us. Lie to us. All of us. Just give us a lie. <clears throat> no. I'm going to give you my trucker story. Uh -oh. <laughs> I was in like 25 accidents. And every one of them was someone else's fault. I just couldn't believe it. I was going past this guy at 95 miles an hour just to get over to the get-off ramp. And he kept up with me. I couldn't even believe it. And I kind of clipped his front end. Then I got into this one accident one night. And I'm not kidding. Now, listen. Listen up. This is the stupidest accident. I know it was not my fault. I was leaving the bar. Right? And, and all I had, all I had was four yinglings. A couple shots of <clears throat> Mad Dog. No, Mad Dog. 20, <laughs> yeah, it was a cheap bar. It was Mad Dog Twenty Twenty, <laughs> and some champagne. And but wild turkey. It, wild turkey. No, I, you want to know really truly what, what my? I couldn't tell you. Um, I I I got some. I was in head-on collision when I was like I don't know twenty. 
again, it was all my younger years when I was in my accidents. I, my worst accident was a head-on collision. It was probably a nightmare. That act. I was actually, if you want the truth, I was in a fight with my ex-girlfriend back then, before I ever met you. And I was flying up. I was coming out of um, a place called, uh, it was above St. Clair, uh, Pennsylvania. And it was up above, oh, Arnott's Edition, Wadesville, that whole area. Goes up into the where the mines and stuff are. I was coming down this road, and uh, I was doing about 80, 85 miles an hour. It was a two-lane road, one lane going one way, one going the other way. And I got to the crest of this hill where normally it's 25 miles an hour because you can't even see when you're going over the hill until your car starts going down the other side. I went airborne, and I came down the other side of this hill in the air, in the oncoming lane, in front of a Chevette, which uh, I think that's what you had. Mm -hmm. And I had on collision them. And it was bad. I went through the windshield. Partly my face did. My arm caught the gear shift. I was literally, I I climbed out of the car because the car spun around, a wheel ripped off. And um, obviously this was my fault. Duh. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so I got out of the car. I looked down at my shoe and my shoe was all tight looking. It was really weird. It looked like a big balloon. I'm like, I, I did not know it at the time, but every toe of mine was, was um, because the motor came through the firewall, every toe was out of joint on my, on my right foot. And um, I got over to this car, and all there was four girls in this car, and three of them got out, but the driver was stuck. And the engine was, her engine was like almost sitting on her lap. And she had a broken femur. It was a really bad accident. This wasn't even, it was horrible. And so they actually even took me to a deposition. This is how bad this was. Um, They took me to a deposition, asked me the details. And I just told them, I said, listen, this was all my fault. I mean, I wasn't going to deny it. I mean, it was my fault. So, you know, she, she was okay. Her name was Christian, this girl. And um, she was okay. Well, I'll tell you what. As a 19-year-old, 19, 20-year-old, her dad was like seven foot nine, <laughs> and he was sitting in the deposition, and he just staring at me like, "You're dead. I'm going to kill you." The whole time, I'm like, "Gulp," <laughs> you know. But honestly and truly, you know, that was the worst accident I was ever in. Now, I was in a bunch of little stupid accidents. You know, one time I was pulling out at the Crisona Mall, and I forget what car I had, but <laughs> I pulled out. Right. I'm just, you know, I am in a pair of shorts, just acting all cool. I pull out real fast and I realize, oh my gosh, there's cars coming flying. And I slam on the brake and hit reverse real fast. And this guy in a Volkswagen bug had pulled up <laughs> real fast behind me. And I just flew back and smashed right into him. And I got out and he's like cursing at me. I'm like, I'm like, whatever, dude, <laughs> you know, young guy, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like 17 at the time. I'm like, listen, just call the cops. It's not a big deal. Just call the cops. No big freaking deal, dude. And he's like, oh, um, uh, no, we're, we're okay. And he took off. <laughs> it wasn't, there wasn't really no damage, you know. But he was like all big and bad until I said call the cops. I mean, I didn't know any better. I was just some dumb kid. One time I was coming down the mountain, and because I was almost out of gas. This was back when you could put $2 worth of gas in your car and go all week. Well, apparently I must have gone eight days instead of seven. Because I looked down and my my light was on, my gas light. And I knew I got about a three-mile, two-mile coast to the bottom of the hill. And there was a gas station. I'm like, you know what? I'll just turn it off. 
and just coast down the hill. <laughs> I am like smart. I am the smartest guy there is in the room, man. In right? the car. Yeah. I'm the, well, I was the only guy in the co- room. Well, apparently when I turned my key back, I locked my steering wheel. And I'm come, I, I realized my, I can't steer now because my steering wheel is locked. I'm like, oh, crap. And y- you would not believe how quickly you panic because I am like grabbing at the keys to unlock it and the and the um, my car is going to the right and it's going into the bank of the mountain and I'm like oh and I knew it man I couldn't I just couldn't I couldn't control myself to be not panicking I panicked and instead of just relaxing and turning the key back I just I couldn't even grab the keys. I was just freaking out. And bam, I slammed in the side of the mountain. My bumper went flying out. My car did like three donuts. And, um, you know, guess what? I picked the bumper up and uh, started the car and drifted down the mountain, got gas, and went home. (laughs) Now, I'm not kidding you. I've been in. So, obviously, they were my fault, those accidents. So, there's three. And I've been in accidents where my friends were driving some crazy accidents. And every one of them was their fault. So, um, I don't know of any that weren't my fault. I'm not going to kid you, but they were all as a young dumbass age. You know, I'm not kidding you. It was just stupid. I know one with the black, the Eagle premiere. I forgot about that one. That was my <laughs> fault too. And that was me being about, I think I'm going to say I was around 30, 31, somewhere in that area. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll tell it. I used to fly really, really bad fly. Like I would ride someone's ass at three inches, you know, and I would drive from Pennsylvania to Indiana every week. Remember? Well, I'm coming through Columbus. I, I tell you, I could be really, I could, I wish I could yell at the, the uh, people that design Columbus. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm on se- I think a lot of people are agreeing with you right now. <laughs> I'm on 70 where 71 comes across just about, and we're flying, and all of a sudden the brake lights hit, and I and they hit fast, and I, I smashed into the back of that car. And you know what? I was the only one. Everybody else drove away. I went away on a rollback, and uh, that was my fault too. So, yes, 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 Troy's driving was very, 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 very nutty at one time. So, I, did I just admit all that? Yeah, because honestly, you, you left out the part where it's still a little nutty, not as nutty. Yeah, well, I will not I, I will not lie and say it wasn't my fault. I'm not going to. I mean, there's no sense in doing that. I mean, I was a really, especially when I was a young guy, I was a statistic. All my friends. Oh, I know one that wasn't. Well, no, it still was your fault. Never mind. What? Another one? When you backed up onto the cop. Oh yeah, oh, that was in a tractor trailer. Yeah, let me tell that one too. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, yeah, yeah. See, here's another one when I was a driver, but this was kind of a, a stupid accident. It, it was. Yeah, I mean, he's he. The, I think if the, the the cop even said, you know, it's kind of his fault too. Yeah. Well, the snow was so high in Allentown, Pennsylvania. If we're being honest, um, I was coming through an alley where I was supposed to deliver. And some, I mean, honestly and truly, if you see a tractor trailer in an alley and there's only like hardly any room to get by and the snow is higher than your freaking, your um, child molester van or whatever, it was one of those white vans, you know, where people drive around saying free candy or what, you know what I'm talking about, the murder, mm-hmm. the murder van. The white panel van. The one that's always in a freaking movie. But anyways, there's, here comes a guy in his white van and it's like, he's, he's, finally realizes when he gets up 
I had the Western Star at the time. He finally realized when he gets up to beside be right beside me, and he can't go any further. There's no room behind me from the trailer back. It's zero. Now, now he has to stop, and there is no way if I keep coming through. You know what? He's gonna be. It's it's just stupid. So, I just volunteer. I look back. Instead of running back, you couldn't get to the back. You could not get to the back unless you were climbing the snowbank to get back there. So I just put it in reverse, and I went backwards. And all you heard was, "Boo!" and the lights went on. <laughs> then I crawled over the snowbank, you know, to, to get back there. And there was a cop. You couldn't even see the cop because his hood had popped up in the air. It was really fun. <laughs> it was actually funny. And I thought, oh, I'm, I'm screwed. And he gets out, and he kind of giggles. He's an older guy. And he says, you're lucky I'm not a rookie. He <laughs> said, I've been, I've been on the force 32 years. He said, but, and it was just a little nick in the, in the hood. That's all it was. I pushed the hood back down, and everything went, there was nothing wrong. He said, I still have to make a report. And so he called, he called another cop. He came out. They wrote it up, and then I left. It wasn't even a big deal, honestly. So that was... But didn't he say that... That he, you couldn't see me in the mirror or something well, like yeah, that? Yeah, he said to me, he goes, I guess I should have read the sign on the back of the truck. If you can read this, you're too close to me. He said that to me. He laughed about that because we had stickers on the back of the truck mm -hmm. that said, if, you're, if, you're, if you can read this, you're too close to my, my trailer. Mm -hmm. And he, he laughed about that. I didn't get a ticket or anything out of that. Mm -hmm. It was actually kind of funny. I'll tell you, I have one more. Okay. I was in New Jersey, and um, the directions had me going through a residential area to make a delivery. Mm-hmm. And uh, my trailer caught some guy's cable wire mm -hmm. and pulled his siding off of his house. And he came flying around. He came rushing down the road and cut me off and was cursing me out like really bad. Uh, and I'm like, dude, move your car. I'm going to run you over. I said, here's the number to my company. Call him. I don't care. And my company laughed at it. And because in, in New Jersey, the law, I think the law is your, your, your wires are supposed to be 15 feet high. Mm -hmm. So for me to catch him, I think I had a 12-6 trailer, not a 13-6, only a 12-6. I was driving for Lentz. Mm -hmm. So I didn't get in trouble for that one either. And that was I, good. Yeah. I was just too worried about being in a residential area, to be honest with you. So, mm -hmm. Okay, so viewer comments. Let's get to viewer comments. Some of these guys said 500 accidents, none were their fault. We're going to believe them, wink, wink. Mm -hmm. And But I want you to read, get, get a couple different ones, okay. and we'll go ahead and um, read every one. All right, I'm going to refresh my page real quick. There's one that I do want to make a note of. Go ahead. That he said that he was never, ever, ever in an accident. Touche. And, and, and Anthony their, King. Anthony King. Yeah, mm -hmm. make sure we plug these guys. Read their names. Anthony King. Anthony King. Never, never in been. an accident. His wife's probably listening going, you lied. He, he says, Anthony, never. <laughs> Anthony, you're going to hell. What the hell's wrong with you? you are you trying to be a bragger? Now, he, now maybe he's probably right. He said, never been in a in a crash in a truck or a car. So he's like, kudos to you. We should get like a... Like a, a little, little clapper, a little yeah. intro cut. Yay. Yay. A little applause. We give you two horns. <laughs> okay, good. What do you got? Who else? Um, let's see. Oh, Ruth Ann. When Ruth Ann's taking a picture, you have to stand there for five hours so she can get the perfect shot. And I keep telling her, push the button, damn it. Can you just read the Frank, next one? Frank Russell says too many. <laughs> Frank Russell. All right, Frank, you're with me, buddy. All right. <laughs> 
Will Daltrey says the town drunk flipped a U-turn on me from the right lane, broke my back. One time I fell asleep while driving and slammed into a guardrail. Craziest wake-up call. I bet. Well, hey, at least he's admit- <laughs> Wake up. Yeah, I, at least he admitted that was his fault. Not the town drunk, but the guardrail. Yeah, really, right? Okay. So I wonder how old these. I wish they put. The, I should have asked them to put their age in there. We could have seen if their statistics went along with um, the insurance statistics. Debbie Debbie Wingate Rem Rem R E H M says only three. Okay. So that, that's all she said. Mm-hmm. Okay. Should we just guess? Is it her fault? Or? Uh, I'll read you. I'll read you. Uh, Paula Lively Garner. She said, my first accident was in a Corvette. All fiberglass. The male driver was going too fast around McCracken Hill in Holly Township. I'm not sure where that's at. And he rolled it twice. Ooh, rolling a Corvette twice. All I remember was when I rolled the first time, I could feel grass and dirt, and then I flew out of the vet and landed up. Landed in a hill of sand. My second accident, I was on my way to work off of I-75, and this girl had her blinker on, so I thought I could get onto the road. But no, I edged out, and bingo. She hit my left side of my car because I thought she was going to turn onto the expressway. No damage to my car, but put a dent in hers. You know, that's why I never, ever, ever go away. Like, if I see someone coming down the road and they have their turn signal on, I don't believe them. I wait until they get, like, either... That's good to do what you said. Yeah. I never do that. I can't. That's part of my advice later. Okay. Mark Anderson said 42 years driving a truck got rear ended while sitting at a stop sign in Detroit. Okay. So we're going to say not his fault. No, and I don't want to think that would be his fault. He shouldn't have been there. No, mm. kid. No, it wasn't his fault. <laughs> Detroit. Don't, don't go there. Damn it, Mark. All right. Um, De- David Wagner says one in New Mexico pickup came over into my lane. Trucker for 48 years, my only mishap. So that's not bad. Okay. I know there were some guys in there that literally said 10. Some guys were like 9. I was just kind of breezing through them. Well, that's what I'm trying to see. Ooh. Earl. Earl. Uh, I don't really know how to pronounce his last name. E-H-J. E-H-J. Mm-hmm. Hugh? I don't know. I'm going to say Earl Hugh. 10 vehicle accidents, no, no at fault vehicle, two motorcycle wrecks, dirt bikes don't go on the street, street bikes don't go in the dirt. (laughs) All right, Earl. Harry Wolf says, been hit by cars five times as a pedestrian and five auto accidents of which one was a deer. Too many on the dirt bikes and four wheeler. Just rolled my wheeler less than two weeks ago and was pinned under it, dragging a brush mower on the side of a steep hill. That was Harry. That was Harry. All right, and Just several with us, other people. Give us, one or, give us one or two, and then we'll we'll move on to our last minute part of this accident segment. Yeah, because I'm trying to. I think it's interesting the way they. Have it? They have us all down to a science. It's it's just numbers. What do you got? Wesley Grady says LM, LMAO. Heh, come the lies. Yeah, here, here come the BS. Right. Well, who knows? What do you got? So let's see. Five, two, seven. Dante says seven total accidents, none at fault, three commercial, and four non. Good for you, Dante. All right, let's let's move this on. I wanna I wanna. Wrap this accident part up here, Ruthann. So here's what here's what the article gives. They give a, a little bit of advice 
And maybe you have some advice also. But they give a little bit of advice on how to prevent yourself from being a statistic, from getting into accents. Number one, some of these are does, but they also go go without saying. One is drive without being impaired. Don't drive impaired. That's a good, very good advice. Right. It says no single factor, no single factor is more likely to cause an accident than driving impaired by alcohol or other drugs. One third of all fatal accidents in this country are attributed to drunken drivers alone. Think about that. Thirty-eight thousand deaths a year from from vehicle accidents, all accidents. And one-third of that, which would be about um, 12,000, 13,000, one-third of that is all from drunks or people that are high. That's sad, isn't it? It is. I mean, if you just, if nobody would drive impaired, you might be able to really cut that figure way, way down. Uh, the next thing is don't drive during the vampire hour. This is, that's what it says. It says the, de- the deadliest three-hour periods on American roadways, and this is really for truckers. Okay, it says the deadliest three-hour periods on American roadways are between midnight and 3 a.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. So not just not just every day, but Saturdays and Sundays are the deadliest. It's probably because the drunks are out um, on the weekends. It says according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration or the NHTSA, of those fatal crashes, 66% involve alcohol-impaired driving. So if you're driving between midnight and 3, you're likely to get hit by a, a drunk. Hmm. Yeah. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now the next one, it says, keep your eyes on the road. Uh, data shows that 995 of the 30,797 fatal crashes, oh, this is uh, uh, from a few years ago. It says, involved drivers using cell phones. Nearly 5,500 traffic deaths involved a driver distracted by something inside the car, including technology according to the u.s department of transportation so the texting and driving will get you killed mm-hmm. it says don't speed that's another the ne- good advice it says nearly one-third of all fatal accidents are attributed to speeding or driving too fast for conditions speeding is the single greatest contributor to accidents other than impaired driving insurance companies love such proven risk factors when assessing rates this is why if you got a lot of speeding tickets, you got high rates. Mm-hmm. It says anyone who's seen their premiums skyrocket after getting a ticket knows this well. Uh, next one, it says avoid congestion. And this is a kind of a um, weird one, but it says less than a quarter of both injury crash and non-injury crashes occurred on roadways with a posted speed limit of 55 or higher. It says fewer intersections apparently make for fewer crashes. Be careful, though. When accidents do occur on these highways, they are more likely to be deadly, accounting for nearly half of all traffic fatalities. Now, last part of this accident segment, Troy's advice. Want to hear it? Oh, throw it at me. Okay. It says drive defensively, meaning be looking at all times for an out. If something happens that is unexpected, monitoring your surroundings like how wide the berm of the road is and how easy the middle of the road might be to avoid something could help you. Meaning constantly, it's most guys look for outs all the time. I'll be driving down the highway and I'll be looking on the side of the road and be like, yeah, if there was an accident, I could. There's, a, there's an easy zip over there. Or I'll see like where the road's real tight and it's like real steep. Remember we were going by that one road the other day and I said, wow, I bet you people get killed right there because there was no guardrail and it was just like a steep bank going over the road. Remember that? Well, yeah. Pleasant Grove Road? I, was, I said that. So I'm always 
always constantly watching ahead to see, okay, if something happens, where am I going to go? You know, that's what I'm always looking for. And I, I wrote also, watch as far ahead for obstructions on the road, like blown tires, pedestrians walking or biking on the side, a branch hanging down, or a wire. By knowing what's ahead, you can already have a plan versus having to make a last-minute decision. If you think about that, it's so true. I mean, why? There's so many people that statistics show that most people don't look, look much past their hood. They don't, and, and I'll tell you how I can prove that. You mm-hmm. want to know how? Mm-hmm. How many times have you seen people, because you, you're, you're good at this because we, we practice this as truck drivers, but how many times do you see people coming up and you're, and you're looking at them and they're, they're coming up behind somebody and, and they're not in the passing lane and they're gaining on them and they're gaining on them and, and at the last second, that's when they go out and, and pass them instead of, like I, I noticed you today when we were driving or the other day, when you, when you were coming up on somebody, you know, maybe an eighth of a mile or even back further, you were getting out because you knew to get out instead of being trapped in or having to slow down or having to make an evasive move, you were getting out and passing. That's, that's called looking ahead, mm-hmm. knowing what's up ahead. And I noticed that a lot of car drivers don't do that. No, they don't. They wait to the last minute and then, tr- and then they get mad because they, they want to get over in front of you when you're already up to that point. Yeah, I mean, it's just ridiculous the way they do it. Here's my last advice. It says, also watch for drivers that are... Uh, that are driving erratic or drivers that are entering the highway also anticipate that they don't know what they're doing. Just like you said a little while ago, start thinking to yourself, everybody don't just, if you constantly say to yourself, nobody knows what they're doing, you're better off. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It says many people make the mistake of thinking that every driver should know what they're doing. After all, they passed the driver's test, right? Right. So they should know what they're doing. Wrong. Just because someone has a driver's license does not make them safe or full of knowledge. Hence the accident stats that come out every year. So when you see somebody coming out on the road or you see somebody with a turn signal on, don't always assume that they're coming over to the right or to the left. It's, it's, it's just a known fact. People are just stupid drivers. And when you think they know what they're doing and you're going to go ahead and just think to yourself, oh, these people know what they're doing. They'll go ahead and get out, blah, blah, blah. They don't. Nobody cooperates on the road. You're better off driving defensive. Do you have anything left um, for the accident segment you want to move on? No, I agree with everything that you're saying. Pay attention. Pay attention. Okay, y'all. Moving on. Trucking company dumps 500 gallons of milk, spoiled milk, down a storm drain. Citizens alleged. It just said citizens alleged. It said, this happened in Virginia. A company is being accused of illegally dumping more than 500 gallons of curdled milk down a storm drain. The incident happened Wednesday, July 21st in Pulaski, Virginia at the storm drain located at the former Pulaski Furniture Company site. The drain in which the spoiled milk was dumped does feed into Peak Creek and could have a negative impact on the environment. Boop, 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 boop. No, my advice is this. I used to drive for a pig farmer and I used to pick up Remember? Spoiled milk. Spoiled milk chunks, man. I'm talking, you should see milk sit in a, in a tanker for like a month. It's like big gray chunks coming out. Yeah, just nauseous. And, and what did we do with it? Fed it to the pigs. It was free. You know, all you got to do, find a farm, man. Uh, if, if, if you guys have any, any question if a pig farmer would take your spoiled milk or you got something to dump, man, we, we used to just dump that right in the trough. Mm-hmm. And they would be up to their bellies in it. It would just literally fill up their trough, and they would just go around sucking that milk out. They didn't care. Mm-mm. 
It nope. was nasty, nasty to watch them. So if you're a trucking company out there and you have a tanker full of spoiled milk, look to your local pig farmer. I promise you they will love you and they will welcome you to dump it right there and there will be no EPA problems at all. What do you think, Ruthann? No, I agree. Um, anything that's outdated, spoiled, anything like that, pig farmers. Yeah. Besides, you know, that's good baking milk. Yeah. Spoiled milk. I'm telling you. Just look it up. Well, it would be a kind of like a sort of like a buttermilk. Yeah, sour milk. I mean, honestly, sour milk. I mean, I was talking to some old old school guys at church. Ralph, mm-hmm. he's 88. He said, man, we used to take cream and person, purposely let it spoil because that is such, man, you can make some really good things with that. Just saying, that's old school cooking there. Mm-hmm. People are probably going, you're gross. <laughs> Moving on. One last thing we got. Large city governments consider banning or ban restrictions on truck parking. Not, it's been, it's been bad enough truck parking. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can, we can make a whole podcast out of this, but we won't. But here's, here's a, uh, uh, a city, Minneapolis, mm-hmm. that is now, uh, and this, this came from the trucker. So if you guys want to read the article, I'll just read you a little bit of it. It says the Federal Highway Administration or the FW, I'm sorry, FHWA, reports that a shortage of truck park parking sites is a critical safety concern for the nation. But what if a lack of commercial truck parking isn't a big concern for city and state on city and state levels? And you see what they're saying? Everybody knows that there's a a lot of problems Mm -hmm. with truck parking. Guess what? Cities and states haven't got the memo. So now you have Minneapolis. They have this meeting they're about to have. And they're considering saying anything over, I think it's 26,000 pounds, okay, will not be allowed to park in the street. So, like, if you're a a guy that parks at your house in Minneapolis, you're about to be kicked out. How many truck drivers do you think are in Minneapolis? Well, it's a big city. It's a major junction. I would say quite a few. It says, if approved, the ban would force uh, truck drivers to park outside the city, which would impede on time deliveries. See, some of these guys park right in the city, and then they make their deliveries Monday. It, oh, it's Actually, it's local businesses that are complaining. These local businesses, hey, all you local businesses that listen to Talk CDL, wake up. Who do you think brings your products? <laughs> I mean, honestly, this is just amazing. Some of these guys... Some of these like residents and local businesses are complaining that truck trucks are hurting their business by being parked all over the place. Think about that. Maybe residents bitch because a reefer is running. Now I can understand that if you have a baby and you have a reefer parked out outside the baby's you know window, that would be kind of a little insanity to me too. But at the same time, guys, you kick every trucker out of the city. I'm telling you, you're gonna have even more problems that we already have. I got a suggestion though, right then. If you're a trucking company and you hire in Minneapolis, I know that there's a big, 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 big push for drivers. People are trying to really find more drivers. You might consider looking for truck parking and paying for that driver, which you could probably get away with 100 bucks a month per driver. And you might think, oh, no, we're not going to do that. Well, somebody will. And there are others that are going to start doing it. Why not be the first? I guarantee you if they start banning trucks in every city, there's... Trucking companies are going to, some are going to start it and, and you're going to fall behind. Why not, why not be the first trucking company to step up and go, you know what? 
whoever we hire in Minneapolis, we got a we got a location in blah blah blah. Where in fact, if you if you probably go to some big parking lot areas and negotiate, you probably could could get it down to even less. And obviously, what's a good a good set of words to use when you're you're um, recruiting parking lots? Okay, is the fact that most of these truck drivers ain't going to be there, but one or two times a month. Well, here's here's some advice. In in a lot of these cities now, they have a lot of the warehouses or a lot of businesses like malls where it's just like there's nothing there anymore. And yeah, a lot of abandoned malls. You can just you can just turn them into parking lots. Exactly. Put some security in there and then charge other companies to park there too. If it's big enough, charge other companies to park there too. You you you're now getting your driver for free. And you're getting money for for your services that way, and you're 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 flipping it. Listen, I get it. If you own a business or you own a parking lot and you're trying to lease it out, blah 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 blah. I'm not kidding you guys. Any of you guys that are entrepreneurs and you have a few acres inside a city, you could literally, if it's commercial, you could literally turn that into a cash cow. If you if if like your mall has been shut down, like Ruth Ann said, and you've got a strip mall or a a regular mall, just the old building that nobody uses anymore, knock it down, plow it, and make it into a, a parking lot and, and just have a kiosk there that, you know, they have to swipe their card to get in and out. And just you trucking companies that are hiring in these areas, somebody's going to, here's the one thing that trucking companies should know. Watch your pride is what I would tell you guys. I'm going to tell you why. Some of you guys are going to get a bug up your ass and you're going to say, oh, I ain't pay for no trucker to park his truck. He can do it. Well, your competitor is going to say, here you go, trucker, we'll pay for it. And then you're going to lose your opportunity to hire that guy. So my advice to every one of you guys, take care of the truck driver, okay? And my advice to you cities like Minneapolis, I got many pieces of advice for them, but I'll start <laughs> with truck parking. Every one of you states and cities should be obligated to have rest areas and parking lots for the trucks that come to your area to f- that feed you and clothe you and everything. You guys should be honored and, and have free parking for these truck drivers. I'm, I'm not saying the guys that own the land that are, you know, entrepreneurs, but the cities and the states themselves should be obligated to have free parking because, my gosh, these guys have such regulations against them. They have no choice. It's almost it's almost like they got a knife to their throat trying to find a parking space, and now they got to pay and blah, 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 blah. What a pain in the ass. More trouble brewing for the trucking industry. What do you think? I agree. I agree 100% because the minute you start getting where drivers don't want to come into your city and then the companies don't want to co- have the drivers come into your city, then you're going to be a city without anything. Yeah. You have nothing. Okay. So there you have it. My advice, Ruthann, I think we've covered a lot today. Um, I think we're out of here. Um, word of the day. Oh, you got the word of the day from Word Genius. From Word Genius. What, a, what an awesome, I hope there's a lot of people have downloaded, or not downloaded, just went and started using Word Genius. I hope so. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Okay, so this is going to go with what we're talking about today. Okay, let's hear it. A tour. A tour? D. A jour. A jour. A jour. I've heard that. A jour. I've heard that word before. What is it? Hold on, I'm trying I adjure to... you? Yeah. I adjure you, like compel? Or urge or request someone yeah. solemnly to earnestly do something. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I think that's in the Bible. That's where I've seen it. Uh-huh. I adjure you. A Jew or, or a jur? 
Adjure. A-D-J-U-R-E. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's to compel somebody, I adjure you. Mm-hmm. All right. To, to earnestly ask them to, when you're basically pleading with them. How long have you been doing a word of the day and I finally got one? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're out of here. Peace. Peace, praise the Lord.